Today is Thursday, April 8th. The title for our devotional is Jesus Wants You to Have Joy. Today and tomorrow we will wrap up our Easter sermon in the High Priestly Prayer of John 17 by looking at a couple of references that Jesus makes, which particularly point to the theme of the resurrection. The first and dominant theme we saw yesterday, this is his prayer to the Father to glorify himself through the work of the Son which is primarily seen through his work, ultimately his death, resurrection, and ascension. Today we're going to look at the reason Jesus prayed this prayer out loud in the hearing of his disciples in the first place. I know we're skipping over a lot of stuff this week, but I wanted to focus on the resurrection-themed statements of Jesus for Resurrection Sunday. And this prayer just contains too much to cover in one week anyways, so we'll cover the rest of this prayer next week. Partway through his prayer, for his immediate disciples, Jesus makes a beautiful statement as to why he is praying out loud in their audience. John 17, 13 says this, But now I am coming to you. He's speaking to the Father. And these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. So Jesus here says his intended purpose in praying before he returns to the presence of the Father is for them to have his joy completed in themselves. First, we must remember that Jesus here is praying for his disciples. He makes clear in this prayer that he is praying for them, not the world. He specifically says in a number of places that he is praying for those the Father has given him. Therefore, it is the elect, those who have come to know him, that he prays for here. So the scope of application here is restricted to disciples of Jesus. This we'll talk about more next week. The next thing we notice, and we probably should have noticed throughout the prayer, is the intimate relationship that Jesus shares with the Father. This is seen throughout this prayer in the language Jesus uses in praying to the Father. This intimacy is a paradigm that he sets for his disciples to share as well. Third, we notice that it is Jesus' joy, his joy, that he gives to them. That means the disciples' joy is sourced in Jesus. It is found in him. The implication seems to be that when they are abiding in him as the vine, and they the branches, as he says in John 15, then they will experience his joy within them. In fact, he kind of says the same thing in John 15:11, In the context of calling them to abide in him as the vine and they the branches, he says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Again, Jesus really wants his disciples to experience his joy. The primary theme of this prayer for the disciples is their faithfulness in Christ. He is praying that they will remain faithful to the truth of the gospel and maintain their knowledge, remember that's their relationship, in him. A result of this faithfulness, Jesus says, is his joy. This joy would become more evident after the resurrection, of course. So this is the reason Jesus desires them to remain faithful in Christ, for their joy to be full. Think about this for a moment. Jesus desires for his disciples to remain faithful in him, and he tells them this in his prayer, not just to increase his statistical measure of success in the new movement he's starting, not just to say that he's starting a bigger, better movement in church. It is certainly to bring more glory to the Father, 
And it seems the Father is more glorified when his disciples experience the full measure of his joy within them. Jesus really wants his followers to experience his joy. This isn't just an unfortunate byproduct of following Jesus. It should be integral to following Jesus when we are abiding in him. Indeed, Paul will later include joy as a fruit of the Spirit, that is, that which results from the Spirit dwelling within the believer. Again, Jesus really wants us to experience his joy. This idea smacks in the face of the gloomy, legalistic, boring religiosity that was so common in Jesus' day. And sadly, throughout the centuries of Christianity as well. Jesus doesn't want his followers to be boring sticks in the mud. He desires for them to experience his joy, the fullness of his joy. Ultimately, the joy that comes with the hope of eternal life with him. For additional content today, I've linked you to an article in the Gospel Coalition by Melissa Kruger titled, Your Desire for Joy is a Desire for Jesus. I thought it was really good, and I'm going to read the conclusion of it for you here on the podcast. But I'd encourage you to navigate over there to the devotional page. Click on the link where you can read the whole thing. Here's what she writes. She says, here's what Jesus knows. He knows that joy isn't found in the latest and greatest new gadget. It is not found in getting our way or having more money, more friends, or more adventures. Jesus is the source of our joy, and he's the sustainer of it. Apart from him, our lives are empty, meaningless attempts to find satisfaction. We wander desperately thirsty until we drink from him. He is the beginning and end, the Alpha and the Omega. Every good gift is from his hand, and nothing good exists apart from him. Our desire for joy is ultimately a desire for Jesus. In the book of Philippians, we have the opportunity to see genuine joy. Joy begins with salvation and increases as we experience true fellowship, understand Christ's lordship, partake in Christ's humility, and obey God's word. As we grow in faith, our desires change. We long to know Jesus. We place our hope in heavenly joys rather than earthly circumstances. We pray with thanksgiving rather than fret with anxiety. We give generously to further the work of the gospel. Just as Paul learned the secret of being content in plenty and in need, as we grow in our dependence on God, we bloom into people of joy. By relying on God, we grow in courage, saying with Paul, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. The source of our strength is secure, eternal, abundant. Jesus is enough for every circumstance we face. Abide in him, trusting in his promises. Delight in his word, seeking him continually. Pray to him asking him to do immeasurably more than you can even imagine. May his joy be in you, and may it be full. Reflection time today. Reflect on your experience of life with Christ. Would you characterize it as an increase in your joy? If not, something may be off. Take it to the Father in prayer. Pray for him to increase your joy despite even difficult circumstances. Of course, it is okay to be sad and sorrowful for a time when circumstances are such. Jesus represented that in the Garden of Gethsemane, as we talked about last week. But as the psalmist says in Psalm 35, joy comes in the morning.